0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, a brother or sister sins against me. How often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began his reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slaves as I had mercy on you? In an anger, his lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. We are reading in chapter 18 of the Gospel of Matthew on the question of forgiveness in the church. Peter has been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven and the power to bind and loose. So Peter is asking, how much forgiveness is required? The answer comes, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. This number comes from the book of Genesis. After Cain killed his brother Abel, God swore that if anyone harmed Cain, he should be avenged sevenfold. Just before the flood, violence had escalated so much that Lamech, a descendant of Cain, swore that if anything should happen to him, he should be avenged seventy-seven times. Jesus is calling us back to the very beginning of creation to undo the spiral of violence. Forgiveness is about undoing the whole network of violence and vengeance. Both the leaders of the community and the whole body are to exercise forgiveness over and over, so as to lead to transformation of heart. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Normally, when we hear a parable like this, we imagine that the king is a stand-in for God. But when the king, in anger, handed him over to be tortured, the analogy begins to fall apart. Matthew might be giving us a hint. In the Greek, the word anthropos, man, is inserted before the word king. Instead of showing us what God is like, Jesus may be giving us a picture of what the whole system of unforgiveness looks like. James Allison helps us see this. Allison suggests that the slaves are not slaves in the technical sense, but rather ministers who work for the king. Their work is the collecting of taxes. At the end of the year they would be called in to make an accounting. The first minister has a huge debt to pay. A denarii is a day's wage. Ten thousand talents would equal sixty million denarii. This is an astronomical amount. This tax-collecting official must have been responsible for a very large area. There might have been a famine or some other calamity this year, and he has fallen short. When the king suggests that he should be sold along with his family, he asks the king for time. We presume that he expects to be able to make up the loss the following year. And the king gives him what he asks. He rolls his debt over to the next year. He turns it into a loan, which is the word that is used in the Greek. Now this same tax-collecting minister goes out, and in the line of all the other ministers who are making their annual accounting, he sees a lesser minister who owes him a hundred denarii. He has him thrown into prison until he has paid back what is owed. The other tax-collecting ministers are upset because the whole system depends on keeping everything going, turning debts into loans. If you remove someone from the system, it's like pulling a cog out of a machine and the whole system might collapse. The king who turned the debt of the first slave into a loan because he pleaded with him said to the slave, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger. His lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. Now notice this last sentence. The first slave is handed over to the torturers until he would pay his entire debt. We presume that he is slave A, who must pay back his entire debt to the king. But the word pay in the Greek can mean release, forgive, cancel, or repay. What if the pronouns he and his refer to the two slaves? Slave A is handed over to the torturers until he learns to release, forgive, cancel, or repay not the ten thousand talents to the king, but the hundred denarii, to Slave B. It's as if the unforgiving Slave A is handed over and given the key to his release at the same time. The late Episcopal priest Robert Ferrer Capon writes, "...both heaven and hell are populated entirely and only by forgiven sinners. Hell is just a courtesy for those who insist they want no part of forgiveness." Clinging to vengeance tortures us with our vengeance for as long as we are imprisoned by it. Jesus is calling us to undermine the whole system of vengeance and violence with forgiveness. I mentioned this last week, but it bears repeating. On the cross, Jesus doesn't say, I forgive you. He asks his Father to forgive them when we aren't ready to forgive those who are hurting us, can we at least begin by asking God to forgive them? Sister Helen Prejean describes how she would occasionally meet Lloyd LeBlanc after the execution of the man who killed his son. They would meet at a chapel which holds perpetual adoration. Kneeling with him in the middle of the night in the silent chapel, they would say the rosary together. At a point, he shared with her his struggle to forgive his son's killer. When he arrived with the sheriff's deputies in the deserted field to identify his son's body, he had knelt down beside the body and prayed the Our Father. When he came to the words, Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, he had not stopped praying or made any mental reservations. Instead, he added the words, Whoever did this, I forgive them. Whoever did this, I forgive them, requires a big faith and an even bigger heart. But Lloyd LeBlanc admits that it has not been easy to sustain that forgiveness. But obviously forgiveness is winning out because, among other things, He was even able to go and visit the mother of his son's killer when she herself lay dying and offer her comfort. So my Heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart.